Welcome to the first 2021 playoff edition of the True Blue LA podcast. You know, Eric, I'm I'm happy we got to record one. Yeah, exactly. We're, this isn't the <laughs> season's over <laughs> podcast. So, uh, yeah, there's Dodgers are still alive. They have at least one home more home game at Dodger Stadium, and if it's anything like last night, uh, it'll kill us all because <laughs> it, it is exciting and, um, yeah, it's uh. It's a lot of stuff going on. We'll break down that really incredible game. We'll look ahead to the NLDS against some team up north. Um, We actually have a Dodgers rewind. I wasn't expecting one. Uh, Kind of a last minute thing. Didn't know till the ninth inning if we'd be recording it. But Eric, you're always you're a man. You're a prepared man, and you're you're ready to go. We we didn't have notes last time. I figured I need to step up and. Uh, we were recording a tad later in the day Thursday. That helped because I think I would have been a zombie otherwise <laughs> no this morning. Kidding. So yeah, but uh, I figured we 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 didn't get a rewind last uh, on Monday, so we're doing a rewind today. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's a secret one. I don't know why it's a secret, but I get to find out uh, all of that after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. So we should talk about last night, I guess. So when you leave you, the the stadium, when you're covering a game like that. Are you there long enough that parking's leaving? Parking's not a thing. You're good yes. to go. Yes, yes. Uh, That's it, a little silver lining there. Yeah, and like I guess during the regular season, there might be some days where 
it's rare, but like, let's say I finish everything I wanted to write or, or maybe planning ahead, uh, just whatever, what, like I'm done at a certain time, even on those days, like where it's super, like relatively early after the game, you can, from, from the press box, you can kind of see part of the parking lot, like uh, where some people are exiting. And my, my, the general rule is if you could still see a bunch of brake lights there, you better just wait a little bit longer, but like, it rarely gets to that by the time um i'm usually done it it, it takes a lot a lot longer and then everything's pretty much cleared out by the time i'm out of there so. that has to be a sur- i'm sure it's not to you anymore but for a while a surreal thing that's not how it, dodger stadium works it's surreal like well because you know like i i walk in I, like i'm also generally i think i'm on the early side in terms of like showing up uh i'm usually like one of the first people in the press box uh at least like reporter wise and um playoffs are a little more regimented so it it doesn't there's not a lot to do unless are you in the uh, the real press box i was for the wild card game i am I might be for the division series i'm not really expecting it usually uh the deeper the run uh, I usually end up in the dining room, which is right behind the press box, which has you don't really you can't really see the field except for maybe one or two seats in there. Uh, <laughs> but you you have we have all the TVs and and depending on the day, like uh, if it was the 2017 World Series uh, game one, uh, if it's super hot, there's that is like a super air conditioned room. <laughs> so oh, it's like nice. it's pretty good. But yeah, it, it's generally fine. Um you know, obviously, you'd prefer to to not wa- be watching on TV while you're there, but th- you could still you still get a lot of the atmosphere. Uh, and, and I think that's important, especially for a game like yesterday, where uh, off the bat it, it just didn't have that uh, excitement. It was n- the nervous energy, the Matt st- not maybe not quite the Matt stares energy, mm. but that same kind of uh, not dead, but like tepid. So I was having this conversation. Uh, I was actually talking to uh, Dieter Rule, the Dodgers organist. He's excellent. Um, this was like maybe a half hour before the game. No, maybe a little more than that, almost an hour. And we were just catching up and talking, and, I, and we were like, yeah, there, I, we, I think I used that exact phrase, like, man, there's a lot of nervous energy here. Like, it's um, – this was before the game, you know. Like, it was – it's A, it's the, it's the first game – uh, back uh, playoff game back with fans since the 2019 NLDS. It's winner take all, which is against a team they're objectively better than. Um, but a team that ended like, the season very hot, a team that right. historically the Dodgers have had many, many bad memories against. Yeah, and so it was like, you know, we all, every, I think a lot of the thing about, like, people were worried about the wildcard game is because literally like anything could happen in mm-hmm. one game. And it kind of played out that way. <laughs> like for most <laughs> of the game, it was just like the offense was kind of struggling. Uh, uh, but, and then like Scherzer struggled, but he s- sort of pitched out of it a little bit, but then it became like a bullpen game, like probably like sooner than the Dodgers expected. Cardinals had- kept making great play after lucky oh, play after great play. <laughs> Well, it was also amazing because so their defense is so good. Like mm-hmm. Tommy Edmond made uh, a couple of ridiculous plays at second. 
Uh, Edmundo Sosa even made a couple plays at short, but he the two Mookie Betts hits that were like the only two hits for a while for the Dodgers um, were right off Edmundo Sosa's glove at shortstop. But then like their outfield is so ridiculous. Like, um, so yeah, it was, it was a slog to try to get anything going, but then like, um, you know, and then to, to harken back to the NLDS uh, from 2019, um, Joe it's Kelly, first, rel- to that. <laughs> yeah, first reliever out of the pen, like in like the toughest spot of the game. Scherzer left with two on and one out in the fifth. Not yeah, not even finishing the fifth. Uh, with yeah. a very um, pronounced episode at the mound. It was cute. Yeah, he, he, it's like I think you you could um, no almost no matter the situation, Max Scherzer is going to be mad that he's taken yeah. out of the game. Like even if he's like. He gave up eight runs without recording an out or something. He'd be like, what? Come on. Like, you know, but um, so it was kind of that. But it was like, you know, it was more it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is irreparable damage. It's more like, oh, that's just next year. <laughs> like, yep. No, even, totally. Uh, totally. Before the start, this was the or the day before, because you always get the next day starter like the day before. And uh, someone asked Scherzer like, uh, OK, Trey Turner, I think on Sunday said, yeah, Max is already angry about like what he's already like getting ready for Wednesday, you know. And um, someone asked him about that. He's like, "Are you kind of that way?" And he's like, and he like hesitated for a bit. He goes, "Yeah, you know." He's just like, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, that's that's kind of how I am," you know. Like, but it, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, so like at that point, I'm sure um, he had like the fifth lowest walk rate in the in the majors this year. Uh, he had not, he had walked like eight in 11 starts with the Dodgers in the regular season. Uh, he walked three yesterday and he hit a guy on three, two. He had seven full counts in his 21 batters. So he was a little bit off. He did, like I said, did pitch through it. It was still only one, one at the time, but I think that was pretty clearly the time to pull him. Like, I think you could even make an argument. He might've possibly should have been pulled sooner than that, but like, I get it right. Like it was. He's at 94 pitches. Not that you're necessarily always monitoring pitch count like um, religiously like that, but it was. I also think it's a thing where, uh, and Scherzer even alluded to this uh, in his uh, post game interview, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, uh, which was ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, But he alluded to, he's like, you know, in the playoffs, this front office and Dave, they have, they matchups. Like they care so much about what pitcher is individually good against this run of hitters. And I'm sure that, you know, he got to face a couple of batters the third time through. They just said against, you know, Edmonds and Goldschmidt, we like Scherzer. Uh, But when it comes to Arenado, even historically, if it makes sense that Scherzer had good numbers against Arenado, they wanted Joe Kelly in there. And that's what they want. That was their plan. And they stuck to it. Yep. And and it worked. Uh, Like uh, I was, I was talking to another writer uh, who was, I was catching up with this was I think Tuesday, and he goes, uh, uh, "What did he say?" He's like, "He just said Joe Kelly, huh?" Like that, that was all he said. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, he's kind like he's kind of in that like circle of trust now." I said, "I think before this, I said I think he's at worst like the fourth choice right now out of the bullpen, and tr- like you got Kenley and Trinan, and then it's like a toss up, right? It's like you have that Knable Kelly." And then Vesia, if it's a lefty, I, I think Bickford. Bickford's like a step below maybe okay. that, just based on recent I mean, stuff. But... And certainly how they deployed in the playoffs, deployed yesterday. Right. 
Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, I know it was just funny. Like, I mean, immediately right away, the first reliever they go to is Kelly in the big yeah. spot. Um, but then also, like, uh, Bruiser Gratterall. Like, that even surprised me more than Kelly, to oh, be honest. For, no question. Like, when even when he's going right, he still doesn't miss bats. He's still like re- work in progress. He's got amazing stuff, obviously, but uh, he's he was terrible like the last week or two of the season, and. Um, it was, uh, and then they go to him in the sixth of a one-one game. Admittedly, bottom of the order. So if you're going to go to him, that's the time, right? So, and the fact that Scherzer left early kind of put them in a spot where they kind of had to do that. Like they only, um, we'll get to this in a second, but they only carried um, ten pitchers. It's a one-game <laughs> thing. So, like the roster, I I really like how they deployed the roster. Like. I was looking at this. They, they only used 10 pitchers in a game three times all year. Mm-hmm. They used 11 once. That was a planned bullpen game with actual like one inning relievers. And I, that only because it went 11 innings, right? So, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you. My two sort of uh, counter arguments would be when this game looked like it might be headed in the extras, I was like, oh, <laughs> we're going to get how long can they really ride Urias when he's plow, probably he, going to start? He, he was warming up. Yeah, you're right. Night. And like, when, is he going to go? How many innings yeah. is going to go? And then uh, they only had Gonsolin as someone that yeah. could go long. I'm like, we'll see. I don't know about that. And then I think the other thing is like, oh, great. Dickford, just to, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm, but without uh, Manfred baseball, how long could, could we go 18 innings? That'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> but it was more so it's like, well, what bench bats are you really adding? And uh, we right. saw a little bit of that. Man. Well, so that was a surprise, right? Like, I you know, like I, I didn't they because for the most part I mean this is it, over a season, um, like over a season you know they're they always tend to carry more pitchers than uh, you know I would probably like or like they sure. they they err on the side of more pitchers right so it was a little bit surprising slash refreshing to see them go the other way. Admittedly though, it's a one game. They understood it, right? Like Walker Bueller wasn't active because they weren't going to use him. Um, Tony Gonsolin was because, you know, he was rested enough to where the, if he had to go, I think he would have been more the long guy than, um, than Urias. Maybe Urias was like one or two innings tops, uh, had he, had he pitched, but like, luckily they, they, they don't have to worry about that. So, um, yeah, so but it was just interesting. But like so Gratterall, like like even when he's on, right? He doesn't really miss bats. Um but he wasn't good like recently. But he comes in bottom of the order and I, I said it when he came in, I'm like, wow, this is a lot of faith in, in Bruiser Gratterall here. And he I think he, he threw five pitches to to four batters. He hit uh, one, but he got three like very, very weak grounders and, and easily got out of the inning. I was like that okay worked out perfect like <laughs> cool like then they went to they did the the trine in um try they rode trine in um for they double switched this so this was another interesting thing um using the position players they double switched i think that's when they brought taylor in uh they double switched pollock out uh in left already field. kind of interesting considering how good pollock's been exactly but but also they're sort of like they want to protect his hamstring Absolutely. a little bit. He ran as yeah. fast as he could uh, trying to beat out an infants in infield mm. single that would have scored a run uh, just before that. I yes. didn't, I didn't, I understood it, but I was also I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Oh man, there, the other flashback moment, um, 
uh, I think, oh, it, oh, that was, in fact, that was the play. That was the Pollock play where he had the, that tapper where he, he swung at a ball clearly outside. Um, but he had the tapper that uh, Molina uh, threw, uh, fielded through to first, and then Goldschmidt had to reach in like it was the exact carbon copy of the Muncie play from mm-hmm. Sunday. But like he got he got out of the way like soon enough, so that was good. Um, but yeah, so um, they they double switched, so they they had tried it for more than an inning. They rode him as far as he could. He struggled a little in that second inning, very briefly. Um, and then yeah, so that, then they got out of the eighth, and then they brought in Kenley for the ninth. Um, so yeah, it was um, it was. It was intense, man. Like as so as much as the nervous energy, there were there were points where the crowd you could tell it was like, oh boy, this who knows what's going to happen. But like at times they got like absolutely like intense. Like uh, there were like moments where it, it I, I don't necessarily think this is true, but it felt like Dodger Stadium was shaking. You know, like mm-hmm. um, and there was like definitely goosebump moments when Kenley uh struck out he struck out all or he struck out three of the four batters he faced in the ninth um but the 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 last one to like keep it tied uh the that was i think before the home run that was the loudest point of the night um so yeah it was kind of amazing but so the the 16 position player thing was weird because it, it became weird um so the workout was tuesday we talked to Dave Roberts before the workout, so we didn't necessarily see everybody on the field yet. And he was like, yeah, we're thinking about 10 pitchers. And like, wow, that's that's a low number. And then we're like, wait, who are they adding? Because yeah. they, <laughs> they ended the season with 13 active position players. And in my head, I thought it was 12, but it was 13. But then Muncie is out. Um, he dis- you know, So we, I guess we didn't know this the other day. He dislocated his elbow. He said it popped out on the play, popped back in while he was rolling on the ground. There's more damage there. They're still waiting to see what that is. They're not officially ruling him out, but, I mean, he's out for October. They're just – they can't – they don't want to say it yet because it's not official. But it it would be a surprise if he plays, I think. Um, So Muncie's out there with, like, this uh, massive brace on his his left arm. I I think we all looked at it like, oh – that's that looks like someone something someone wears after surgery, you know, like yeah. it was, but like he he didn't have that yet or anything, but it was just like oh man, um, so that was kind of that was a tough blow, but so they're they're only at twelve position players coming from Sunday, so they'd have to add four, and we're like okay, so you knew like Luke Rayleigh was one, Zach McKinstry of course, Billy McKinney because they have an obsession with playing Billy McKinney, um, and then. You know, like Sheldon Noisy's on the 40-man, but it, it's impossible. Like, Dave Roberts doesn't bury guys, but if someone to, for, to, were to get buried, it's probably Sheldon Noisy, like, just given uh, the earlier in the year. Like, he didn't really play that well. And then also the if we stretch, we win point. Um, but then Steven Souza Jr., uh, working out uh, on Tuesday, um, he ended up getting a- added as well. Um, so... Souza was on a minor league deal. He got called up twice and designated for assignment twice by the Dodgers this year, stuck around and he got a playoff um, uh, deal out or, you know, playoff roster part out of it. Not sure. He might continue for the division series. uh, You know, just if they want like a right-handed pinch hit bat, another one. Uh, So 
I where it worked out most, like look, they used Luke Rayleigh pinch hitting in the fifth. That was like, whoa, okay, because <laughs> you know that was a weird thing. But you sort of get it because again, it's earlier than they wanted to do it, right? Because they obviously you want Scherzer to go deeper, and they're using they want the the bigger guys for later. And I think it played out this way because the, the at least the way they mostly wanted it. So the Cardinals had like one like reliable left-handed reliever, TJ McFarlane. So once it's tied in the ninth, you have uh, Kenley Jansen spot first, Billy McKinney second. Um, so they're gonna dump, they're gonna go double pinch hitter there. Uh, everyone's waiting for Albert Pujols, but so they they send up Gavin Lux first. That gets. Um, the Cardinals to bring in the lefty and because of the three batter minimum he has to face three guys so they immediately they burn Lux they don't even use him which is like fine uh, and then it's they surpri- bring it still surprised me I thought a little bit yeah I, I, I get it matchup wise and all of that but I still think I liked Lux more in that situation than Souza so I would have just hit Pujols after Lux um, I, so I kind of I'm kind of in with you there because at least Pujols was going to get it at bat, right? Exactly. Like, and so, but I didn't think they were going to be as aggressive as they were with Souza, but like, uh, that's where they were. So, but I, I was thinking about this because what if you use Lux earlier? Cause he's probably a better shot that, than Rayleigh in the fifth. But I think at a point where you're using Lux, it's going to be at a spot either where he's going to stay in the game to play somewhere on defense or, you know, again, they just burned him, but, uh, I don't think if if you use Lux earlier, I don't think Rayleigh or Zach McKinstry sending up in the ninth is enough to get the Cardinals to bring in a lefty. Yeah, no, that's true. So, so I think they kind of had to do it that way. And that way. move almost worked. Pujols hit the tar off the ball. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, everyone's everyone's like you know salivating because it's Pujols against the Cardinals. It's the ninth inning. He hit the crap out of that ball, man. It was it was like 106 miles an hour, and that, uh, Cardinals outfield defense was so good. Harrison Bader, like he made it as he made a hard play look as easy as possible, like uh, on go, like sort of backpedaling to go get that. So that was pretty amazing. Um, and then Souza like did he hit it slightly worse than Pujols, but he still hit it like a hundred miles an hour, and it was a shot. And then like but Bader tracked it down. So there's two outs, and then now all the uh, McCarlin has to do is face another lefty, and that's Bellinger, who um, singled and walked earlier. He also stole a base. And then he worked the walk. And that was, you know, one of the key plays of the game, obviously. He, uh, so uh, Bell- Bellinger, um, it was the first time, Daniel Brim, I think, pointed this out yesterday. First time he reached base three times since June 11th. Um, that's wild. And then he actually, and then he stole second base again. So he stole two bases in the game. Taylor credited that to helping him being able to, like, shorten his swing a little bit. Because uh, Chris Taylor was on deck, they brought in a righty to face him, Alex Reyes, and um, Chris Taylor. Uh, he was one of my sort of questions before the se- the, the the series. It's a one game series um, about, or just I guess generally in the playoffs. Um, will Chris Taylor break out of his slump? Because he's he's hit under two hundred. He had a five sixty four OPS plus or OPS uh, since August first. If he had an OPS plus that high, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Dave Roberts on Sunday, he reiterated a little bit of this, uh, I think on Tuesday as well, but he said uh, about Taylor, he's not right mechanically. He is right. Physically his, he had that pinched nerve in his neck. Um, that's mostly fine now. Um, but then Roberts very keenly said, 
I'm going to bet on him. I believe in him. I think he's a threat when he's in the lineup, so he's going to keep getting opportunities. Now, he wasn't in the lineup on Wednesday, but you know, it was one of those things very clearly they were going to use him. Mm-hmm. And they did. And it, hey, guess what? It worked out. So, <laughs> uh, fourth walk off home run in Dodgers postseason history. And now, oh my God, it's Dodgers Giants time. So, yeah. Whew. Whew. So we're going to take a break before we look ahead to to that series. But uh, as is tradition, I believe you have a uh, Dodgers Giants E trivia question for me. Yep, uh, and one that I might delay the answer on for reasons oh, I'll explain. No. Uh, among all the players who have played for both the Dodgers and Giants, which player has appeared in the most total postseason games? Now, this isn't total postseason games for the Dodgers and Giants. It's the, their total postseason games in their career um, for just for a player who happened to play for the Dodgers and Giants. Okay, I will uh, ponder that maybe for more than the break, but we'll, we'll hear an answer at some point after this. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, so do you want me to take a guess now, or do you want me to wait? You, you, know, you can take a guess now, and if you're right, I will tell you you're right. But uh, I, I don't want to tell you just yet, and I'll explain why. Um. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. man, I'm struggling with it because my mind goes to, well, is there somebody that played for both and played? It's Jacob Era. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Okay, and, and like and, a- active Jacob Era. So that those were two things: is like either a, a player that played for both, and then like played for the Yankees, right, <laughs> or right. uh, played in this era where there's just so many more uh, uh, um, playoff games, just yeah. in general. Um, I, will t- I will give you a hint: it's not Jake McGee. Okay. <laughs> Uh, is he, I'll, I'll ask. I'm gonna ask one more qualifying question. Is it an active player? No. Okay. Um, man, and if it's Jacob Bear, actually, like, uh, uh, Oral was a guess. Um, but if it's gonna be later than that, which again makes sense, just more more playoff games. Um, I, I'll give you another hint, oh just no. because you mentioned Oral. Uh, it's very hard for a pitcher to if, uh, fair. Yeah, I guess. A lot of games, yeah. I guess I, in my head, I was going. Reliever, yeah, but it's still. Well, I, no, I think I was in my head. It was more uh, like you're, you're on, on the, the right. roster for the playoff game right. as opposed to making an appearance. Uh, in exactly, which, exactly. Right, you're actually asking for made an appearance. Um, oh boy, boy, I don't know. After those Giants teams in the, is it a player that played for the Giants during their the teen, teens run? No. Oh well, 
that screwed up that theory. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to find out after we uh, preview the series a little bit. Maybe I'll do, I'll do some more thinking about it. Uh, yeah. You gave me enough hints that I might be able to get there. But uh, hey, it's Dodgers Giants in a postseason game. Yeah, so it's like it's weird because they've been around for like 130 years in the National League, and it's their first postseason matchup ever. But it, I mean, okay, like that's fine. But it also wasn't technically possible till ni- uh, till 1994. Like there weren't even divisions until 1969. So obviously, and the fact that they have the two most famous tiebreaker playoffs, which were three-game playoffs, 1951 and 1962, both won by the Giants. Um, but those technically count as regular season games, so it's a little it's a little sketchy to, to – but technically it is first postseason matchup ever, uh, even though, like, those, those two three-game playoffs are probably a lot more uh, important or famous than I would say it, well over half of – postseason series i I think um but that said it's still a rarity and pretty awesome uh the giants and dodgers have only made the playoffs in the same year three times again this this is only this was only possible in the wild card era so since 1994 and 1994 there was no playoffs because of the strike um but yeah 2014 2016 and this year were the only three times i wrote last week about or this week about um, the 2014 seeming like uh, that that was a, a Dodgers Giants collision course. Dodgers won the division. The Giants were the uh, the odd year uh, champions in 2010 2012. Still had a lot of that team left. Uh, won the wild card. So it was like this could happen. And then the the Cardinals were in the way. That was sort of the angle I wrote about. Um, that the Cardinals were in the way again this year, but this year the Dodgers got past them because the Cardinals did not deploy anyone named Matt. Um, they had Matt Carpenter. They did not use him last night, so that was their downfall. Um, mm-hmm. I also so, want to get a technicality out of the way in that they did play in the 1889 World Series, technically, uh, but not considered okay. a modern-era playoff game, which started in 1904, so just before we And did. it wasn't even in the, in the National League, so right. get it out of here. It's <laughs> No, you're you're right. That's good. That's a good call. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna break down the 1889 yes. series on the next <laughs> pod, and then yeah. Um, but yeah, so but just aside from Dodgers Giants, right? That that's in itself great because it's a great rivalry. But they're also the two best teams in baseball. They are. It's the first time in the postseason ever in MLB history that two teams with 105 or more wins. Giants won 107. The Dodgers won 106. But with the wild card win, they're both at 107. So. It's a it's a race to one ten right now. Uh, that's what's going to happen. The the matchup. Uh, so we know game times for Friday and Saturday in San Francisco. Uh, six thirty seven Friday, six oh seven on Saturday. Everything is from the National League side is on TBS. Uh, Brian Anderson and Ron Darling are on the call. That's who, who did the wild card game. That crew will also get the NLCS. So if the Dodgers advance, um, gets the Braves. Or Brewers, it'll be that crew. So it's like pretty much a, a constant thing until the World Series, um, which is on Fox. Uh, but yeah, uh, Walker Bueller, uh, who was not on the roster for the wildcard game because he was going to start game one on Friday. Uh, Logan Webb uh, starts for the Giants. Uh, Julio Urias, who was warming up and might have pitched in relief uh, on Wednesday in the wildcard game, ended up not being used. So he is like sort of free of restrictions on Saturday, game two. 
that'll also be on six days rest for him, so he should be in a pretty good spot. And then Max Scherzer, because he started the wildcard game, wouldn't be available till game three Monday in Dodger Stadium. The Giants haven't named their starter, but Susan Slusser uh, reported yesterday uh, of the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, Gabe Kapler, I guess, was saying game three sort of depends on the opponent because this was a, an interview before the wildcard game. And she um, sort of surmised that against the Dodgers, they'd be more likely to go with a left-hander. So it, it could be Alex Wood, old friend alert, on game three Monday. And then uh, where it gets interesting, at least from the Dodgers side and maybe from the Giants side too, game four, because with Kershaw out, oh, I guess the news on Kershaw since we last recorded, still out for the postseason, confirmed, uh, but uh, no ligament damage, so he doesn't need surgery, because that was like a huge worry, right? Everyone's like, well, he's he's probably going to have to get Tommy John or something. Like, that's not going to happen, so that's at least, like, uh, I believe Dave Roberts used the phrase, a, a huge sigh of relief, and when I tweeted this, I got a lot of uh, assholes to mute uh, because a lot of people seized on that and says, ah, ha, ha, they didn't want Kershaw pitching in October. That's what he meant. Like, yeah, no, that's not what he meant, fuckface. Um, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, <laughs> we're just going strong today. We might as well get explicit for the NLDS. But, yeah, um, fuck all of those people. But um, <laughs> they, they can die. Um, anywho, um, no, I don't mean that. Um, maybe. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so uh, – Tony Gonsolin, is, it would be the guy like to pitch, you know, the longest, I would say. But it might not even be like a start. Uh, it could be a thing where they use like a lefty like Justin Brule if he's on the roster uh, to start or David Price or something like that if he's on the roster. Uh, and then Gonsolin for like, like 9 to 15 outs, I think. We saw last postseason, although in fairness to Gonsolin, he wasn't really on much of a regular schedule. So it was a weird postseason for him, but like they're not going to use him long at all. Like he's maybe like a one time through the order, maybe a little longer. So like it's it's almost a true bullpen game. But I think with the division series, at least you never play more than two two days in a row. So you have off days. You can you can aggressively use your bullpen a little more than usual. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, that's going to be the interesting thing here. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be an awesome series. Uh, just two excellent teams who were very evenly matched all year with 10-9 in the season series. Obviously, they're bitter rivals, so I am very, very much looking forward to it. You know, all my nervousness aside, it'll be objectively really fun. I'm going to be a nervous wreck. Uh, do we, uh, do we want to make a, do we want to make a prediction here? Prediction? Pain. No, um, <laughs> prediction. I will mute more people. <laughs> Tell Good. them to fuck off forever because that's what I did. Tell one person when I muted them. I said, I'm muting you now. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I'm getting way too far afield here. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to win the series. Uh, I, um, I will, let's say Dodgers in four. That's my prediction. Okay. I, uh, I think, I think the Giants should be favored. I think they've proven it's not a fluke. Whatever they're doing. Wow, involves... Jacob calling for a giant sweep. Oh, I'm, get, no, get, I'm getting there. Hold on. But my, because this is a Dodgers podcast and I wouldn't be caught uh, dead predicting a actual Giants win. Dodgers sweep. How about that? Wow. Don't need to worry exactly. about game four. <laughs> you, you flipped it on me. Oh, yeah. that was, I see, did not see that go. coming. I'm excited. All right. I have I have one more guess for your, yep. uh, for your trivia question and then I'm bowing out. Mm-hmm. Kenny Lofton. 
Ah, God, you got it. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I, well, I admit, I, I thought of it. I had to double check that. I'm like, yeah. he's a giant, right? Uh, yep. Confirmed it was, and then it was my guess. More like Dodgers fast forward. That was excellent. Uh, and yeah, I'm, so I'm, he, I'm also glad that I was correct that I'm like, he barely played for the Giants, right? And, and I was barely right. for the Dodgers. So <laughs> I, no, so he, he, I, in my heart, he played many yeah. games for the Dodgers. <laughs> well, comparatively, he did yeah, yeah, fair. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, so Kenny Lofton, uh, his 95 postseason games career is eighth all time. Um, 17 of those were with the Giants. Three were with the Dodgers because they got swept by the Mets. Uh, he, uh, but this was an amazing. Um, I did not realize this uh, going into this, but so Lofton played 17 years in the majors, mostly known for his time with Cleveland. He had 10 years with the Indians. That, that was broken up by a stretch where he got traded to Atlanta and then traded back to the Indians. Um, but 10 total, 10 seasons with the Indians. He played with, uh, he played seven other years with 10 other teams. He was never more than one year with any other team. <laughs> Uh, he was traded three times in season. That's how he got to those ten teams in seven seasons outside of the Indians. He was also he was traded six total times in his career. So he was, I mean, for being a, I mean, like if if he goes in the Hall of Fame, we'll talk to why he's not or how he's not. Um, he he would go in with like an Indians cap because he's very uh, clearly associated with them. But it's amazing. I I did not realize how many other teams he played for. Um, and, and, and like just how how much of a kind of a vagabond he was, even though he was just an excellent excellent player. Um, so it, it, he was traded by the White Sox, which I forgot he was on the White Sox, uh, at, to the Giants at the trade deadline in 2002. He hit 267, 353, 406. Uh, that's a 104 OPS plus in 46 games with the Giants. So we talked about relatively uh, small amount of games. He was the leadoff hitter in every postseason game for the Giants that year. They went to the World Series. Uh, the Angels won it. You might have heard of this. Um, but so he that, that explains. I was wondering, like, how did I know Kenny? And that's why I checked right. it because it was just this nugget of he was one of the those outfielders that seemed to just kind of churn through the Giants. And it must have yes. been that World Series that actually made it stuck. But he also, but, oh, go ahead. He had he had the walk off hit in the NLCS that won him the pennant. But it yeah. was also a game five, so like you know. Oh, I'm sure I I paid a lot for whatever reason. Paid a lot uh, to that particular. I think I had a friend who was a big Angels fan, uh, so yeah. I think for supporting slash making fun of him, I, I watched a <laughs> lot. Nice. You're scouting, scouting, but I'm also happy to you know look up that oh it was only half a season. That's why I did have to double check my work right. before I made myself completely an idiot. Um, so he had, uh, in the postseason, 292 with a 350 on base. He scored 16 runs in 17 games. He stole five bases, wasn't caught. So pretty much exactly what you'd expect out of a Kenny Lofton in that, uh, in that role. Uh, so he signed with the Dodgers in 2006 when, uh, Ned Coletti was in his first year's GM. I believe we covered this on a previous Dodgers rewind. I can't remember if Ned signed three or four former Giants in that first offseason. <laughs> but, yeah, he was – that was, you know, he's got to bring in his guys. And, and admittedly, it, it worked. They won the division. It was – they played very well. Um, uh, Lofton with the Dodgers, 301, 360, 403. He was kind of this hitter for the last half of his career. That was a 95 OPS plus, so just a little below average. But he brought other things to the table. 
he stole 32 bases. I also uh, think if like your OPS was 95, but you're getting on bat base above 350, yes, it, I'm, it, it's, I'm fine it's, with that. <laughs> right. It, it's it's like it's um I didn't I guess I should have checked like his WRC plus. I bet it was higher because of that. But like but also this was he was 39, right? So like I'm getting that out of a 39 year old, yeah, perfectly fine, right? Um, he ended the season. I remember this specifically because I was there. Uh, he had 599 steals at the end of the year. He, he stole one base in that in that uh, game 162. This was the Dodgers clinched a playoff spot on Saturday in San Francisco the day before the last the second to last day of the season. They were battling with the Padres. They ended up finishing the season tied with the Padres, but uh, back then because there was no wild card game. They just went tiebreaker, and the Padres had the tiebreaker. So the Padres were the division winner. The Dodgers were the wild card. Um, in the third inning against Kevin Correa, uh, Lofton stole third base, uh, but he was caught stealing. He was called out at third. I was aghast from my seat uh, high atop uh, the top row or the top section at uh, in, uh, I guess at the time, was it Pac Bell Park then or was it AT&T? I don't remember. But uh, I was – there's no way I, I would have seen exactly if he was safe or not. <laughs> he seemed safe to me. And I, so I was outraged because that would have been his 600 stolen base. Um, and then with the Dodgers that year, he was 1 for 13 in the NLDS. But in fairness, almost no one really hit for them um, that series, I think, outside of maybe James Loney. Um, but just generally, Lofton was so good. He was so fast. I, I, I didn't look up before this, but there, there, he, I remember there's – a bunch of like Nike commercials with him in there and um, him being really fast. So for his career, 299 uh, hitter, 372 on base, uh, 423 slugging. He wasn't a slugger. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, 107 OPS plus, but did everything well. Excellent defense and center. And I uh, should steals. be mentioned, yeah. uh, uh, scored technically the tying run in the four plus one game oh. in the 10th inning. He was the guy on base for Nomar. Yep. He drew a walk. So uh, he stole bases at just under 80% clip. 68 career war. Um, uh, Jay Jaffe's Jaws has him the 10th best center fielder of all time. Yet, uh, on, the hall, his, on the Hall of Fame ballot, he was a one and done because he only got 3.2% in 2013. He's, that is shameful. Like, he's, like, uh, he's on my list of like, this needs to be in the Hall of Fame. It's like. Absolutely. The three in my mind, which are, you know, I get him and Scott Rowland, similar, I think. Sure, yeah. uh, uh, and then Buck O'Neill is the other one uh, nice. for, for different reasons. Um, but all worthy members that uh, uh, Scott Rowland still has another ye- some amount of time on the actual ballot. Yep. Uh, so he might get there. But he, uh, he has that sort of profile of a guy who could sort of build his way up. Yeah, kind of a Larry Walker-esque climb. Um, but the... Buck O'Neill, I think, will get in through committee this year. Uh, and But Kenny Lofton might take a while, but I think he'll get there too. And I'm excited for it. I almost asked my uh, trivia question to you based on this, but I will just note that uh, Lofton also played four years of basketball at the University of Arizona. He was the sixth man on the 88 uh, Final Four team. Lofton was a junior. Um, the starting lineup uh, had Steve Kerr, Sean Elliott, and Tom Tolbert, among others, who played in the NBA. I believe that team also had Judd Bushler. Um so, but that's not what I'm going to ask you about. I have a Kenny Lofton. You ask me anything about that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to ask it where it'd be like, "There's no way." Like, so, yeah, unless you're like an avid Steve Kerr fan or yeah. something. Like, you know, he's fine. Like, what current NBA head coach? Is he? Yeah. Um, 
So Kenny Lofton in 2006 with the Dodgers hit yeah. 12 triples. That was actually fourth in the National League that year. He's one of only two Dodgers with double-digit triples in a season in the last 28 years. Who's the other? Uh, is it Butler? Uh, I will tell you that I had it on a separate thing. Um, <laughs> so the reason I said 28 years uh, was because Butler did it in mm. 1993 and 1992. Uh, but yeah, so there's one other person since then. Um, I will say uh, Butler's the only other one to do it since Willie Davis in 1971. Got so it. they don't have a lot of. Uh, so I got it right. Years. I, I, you know, you did. <laughs> Not really, but uh, um, for call. Uh, no. Mm. But while you while you said that, I'm going to look up because he. I wonder what his high was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I'll say Dave Roberts and then pat, tap out. Oh, man. Loft, uh, for Call's first year with the Dodgers, he hit nine triples. <laughs> Dang so, way to I'm be looking back wrong. on the tape. I bet there was one. BS, <laughs> right. double, and reach. out a third on a double, yeah. <laughs> Just like you're in the stands at San Francisco and you saw high up. Wait a minute. I'm going to get asked a trivia question about this one year. <laughs> BS. Um, wait, so you said you give up? I said Sorry. Dave Roberts and then give up. Oh, no. Um, okay, I was going to say Dave Roberts managed him, but he did not. Uh, uh, D. Gordon, D. Strange Gordon. Okay. Um, uh, 2014 absolutely. and 12. Absolutely. That was all-star year. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's uh, that's it. So, yeah, the, no one has had more than 12 triples in the season uh, by the Do- by the Dodgers since uh, Willie Davis, uh, 16 in 1970. Unreal. Uh, and before that, Jim Gilliam, 1953-17. So it's hard to hit that many triples in a season. No and, kidding. Uh, there, there we're at. And um, uh, we, yeah, that's that's it for today because we're just doing uh, sort of a, a shortened uh, playoff stuff. So, yeah, uh, get ready for Dodgers-Giants, everyone. should be fun, and we will talk to you at some point uh, next week.